just gonna talk about toffee cherries, toffee cherries, toffee cherries. I'm just gonna talk about toffee cherries, toffee cherries. It's the Titterpigs. Now it's time for Titterpigs, the RPG podcast. So am I getting paid for this? Hey everybody, uh, welcome to our interview with Alex Gillot and Ian Christensen of Critical Hit Publishing. Uh, Scott and I are going to be interviewing them and talking about uh, their uh, product line, their games, their Call of Cthulhu masterpieces. So their, and their their history. You know, we want to know you know their their background. You know, where where did your grandparents meet? Where did your parents meet? Um, yeah, you know, when did you guys go... first come to the States or Ireland or whatever foreign country you exist in? Because because Alex and Ian, this is never mind. No, <laughs> no, no, that's um, a different show. <laughs> so so yeah, why don't we why don't we start with then just you know uh one after the other, just so people can kind of spot your voice. Uh uh Alex. Yes. Hello. Hi. Okay. Yeah. And Ian. Hello. Okay. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Um, you know, we, we obviously no, we know not. each other. <laughs> we, we know each other really, you know, not really well, but we know each other relatively well. We've been hanging out and chatting, you know, online for you know a good year now, it seems. And, um, you know, we've myself, I've, you know, run a couple of your games. I know Keith has, is, is involved with that and oh, yes. maybe run, run a couple of yourself. We've done some play tests for you guys. So, you know, we we and continue to do so because we really enjoy your game. So uh, I just want to start by Thank thanking you. you both for taking the time, especially, uh, you know, both Alex and Ian, because I know it's kind of getting a little late in the evening over there. It's still daytime here in California. So that's right. What, I, I'm a creature of the night. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, I know that the, the one night where I think we were playtesting Carnival of Madness, it was running to be about 3 a.m. or something I'm like, is it getting late for you? No, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> um, I think that's Ian's standard answer to that question right. every time. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do here is we're just going to go ahead. We got some questions for you. And uh, but why don't we start with just a little bit of background from from both you guys. So mm-hmm. um, Ian. Uh, I know this is kind of sure. a standard podcast question, but why don't we start with what was I'm your I'm a standard podcast kind of guy. What's that? I'm a standard podcast kind of guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if, if we get a little tropey, let me know. Uh, so no. what what was your, your introduction, uh, your general introduction to gaming, um, you know, as, as far as you can remember? <sighs> Pretty much as early as I have memories. So around like maybe three years old, mm-hmm. my parents already had a regular weekend gaming group. Um, in our house in I'm jealous. Bowling Green, Ohio, uh, where I was kind of born and raised initially. Um, yeah, so I used to sit up on the porch, or not on the porch, sorry, sit up on the steps at night and just listen to them playing their games and having a great time, telling these stories, laughing, joking. You know, they were probably smoking some reefer and stuff too, but I was too young to understand any of that. I just knew, hey, mom and dad, they have this game group every Friday night they play. 
And uh, I really wanted to be part of it. But of course, I was like three years old and I couldn't. So when I was four, uh, my father finally sat down and uh, ran a little kind of a one-shot scenario. We didn't call them one-shots back in 1981, but, you know, he ran a little one-shot scenario for me. I got to pick out a pewter mini, and then he took this big Chinese rubber dragon toy that I had and used that as the monster. And, uh, yeah, so I killed my first dragon. I'm sure I'm sure he let me win. But I killed my first dragon when I was four years old, and uh, it was AD&D, and I've been hooked pretty much ever since. Four years later, I started running games for my little brother, so... I don't know. I got to say that's badass. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. That's badass. Yeah. Lot, lot, yeah lot I, owe, of, I, I owe it all to my parents, really. They got me into it. They were my first two good dungeon masters. So, I mean, a, a lot of us, at least from, you know, within our general generate generation, you know, points don't really have that aspect of my dad or my mom or my, my parents got me into gaming. That's kind of more, you know, kids later on. Uh, especially, well, especially now, you know, this, this yeah, day, it sure. seems like every parent is trying to either introduce their kids to D and D or gaming or, you know, or their kids are asking them about it and their parents are, are haven't tried it for a while, but they're they, you know, no problem getting into it. So that that's excellent. That's, that's excellent. Your, your, your parents are, you know, one of, one of the, one of the few, the proud, the many, and, you know, <laughs> well, and, you know, good people I, for at least from from getting you into the games so yeah i, I was lucky because that was the height of the well actually break the early days of the satanic panic and all that too yeah. so oh well. um my parents didn't buy into any of that shit thankfully oh, that's so. good yeah. <laughs> um so what about you alex uh what was your what was what was your introduction to gaming and then you know what was what was you know how old were so, you yeah I, I, I started what was in <laughs> yeah I, I started back in uh late 70s with the uh, the red box uh, edition of D and D before the advanced came along, oh. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my, my my I I ran uh, keep on the Borderlands for for a friend of mine, and that 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 was sort of how we started playing on the uh, on the on the living room floor on the big shag rug, <laughs> you know, uh, having to color in the dice with the uh, the provided crayon they give you. I miss and, that. Uh, yeah, that was that was something. My first character sheet though was was on an old uh, mechanical typewriter. Like I had this big old mechanical typewriter that was my like my grandfather's or something like that. And so that that's how I would that's how I made my first character sheets was 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 typing in that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean all through like junior high school and high school and on up, I had a regular gaming group, and uh, <clears throat> we 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 played several several D and D campaigns. And then occasionally to sort of, you know, cleanse the palate would occasionally play like Boot Hill. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Game of World. Um, Top Secret. There was one other one I'm trying to think of. I don't remember what it is at the top of my oh, head. Star Frontiers. No, Navy. no, it was, it was, uh, I, th- I think those, those, those were the, those were the big ones. Yeah. But, some uh, classics but, but, there though. Yeah. But D and D was always our, our, our other one. And then uh, I got into more, horror stuff later on when uh because i was always a big fan of of hp lovecraft and and uh you know uh poe and, and all these others but for, just to give you a context my uh my mother at night would read me uh these ghost stories from this book um was it alfred hitchcock i think it was uh he had this co- these collections of ghost stories and those were my bedtime stories so um it may explain it may explain quite a bit Wow, that's very enlightening. 
<laughs> so yeah. you, 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 you both, you both seem to have, you know, at, at least, you know, from the beginning, your, your parents will, or were definitely more cooler than mine. Uh, I'm not sure about keys, <laughs> but uh, way more cooler than mine. Yes. Um, well, well, my mother was, my mother noted, my mother noticed when the satanic panic came along like later, because mm-hmm. I, I was, I started before that, but when that came along and she wasn't so much concerned that I would, you know, become a Satanist um, as she was that, uh, that, that the self-righteous people might think I was a Satanist and, and attack me. So it was, it was, that was more her concern that, you know, like, you know, just watch out for the crazy people. Like, yeah. All wow. Right. Okay. I, I think that's that to be to be fair, that's probably one of the better parenting advice out there. You, you yeah, can man. no pun intended. Watch out for the crazy people. <laughs> right. <TM. laughs> um, so, yeah, excellent. So you you it sounds like both of you kind of fall into not I'm not going to say generic, but a lot of people's introduction, at least at a certain point was D&D or AD&D. Um, and then of course, rolling into that, uh, is it safe to assume your first introduction into the more horror gaming aspect of it was call of Cthulhu? No, 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 Ian, what was your introduction then? (laughs) I had a very late introduction to call of Cthulhu. I knew about it since the Mm eighties, um, the late eighties anyway. Um, but I didn't know anybody that played it where I grew up and nobody was interested in it. Um, so my introduction to horror role-playing, if you can call it that, I guess, was probably Vampire the Masquerade in the uh, early 90s, I think it was. Yeah, early to mid-90s. I think most of us um, have done a stint in Vampire. Yeah, and um, I wasn't into it. Didn't really care that much. Uh, I think it was mostly just because of the people that I was playing it with at the time. You know, had very limited selection in Northwest Ohio uh, to choose from. But uh, I didn't really get into the masquerade that much. I liked the Dark Ages more. It was a little bit more, it was a little darker, a little bit more grim, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and I really liked Wraith the Oblivion. I read that book. I bought that book. Wanted to play it. I, I think I ran one session of it, but just nobody wanted to play. So again, a lot of my horror role playing came from just repeated disappointment and uh, not being able to get a, a horror game going until um let's see i think it was around 2002 the last gen con that was in milwaukee um when i went there with a mate and uh oh we pl- i played as many horror games as i could find and one of them was d20 call of cthulhu which it was pretty new at that time by monty cook um and so once i had the d20 call of cthulhu book i, I managed to find a few people that would play it you know and, and we played a little bit of that then uh, we played games like sorcerer d- and stuff of that sort too but um yeah. And then uh, what was that? That was in 2002. So it wasn't until 2013 or 14 when I finally got to play tr- traditional BRP Call of Cthulhu. Okay. So what, eight, eight years ago, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, and that's... Now it's my, it's, it's my favorite role playing game. Now, so, and, and so, so yeah. So, I mean, so that's, that's interesting. I, I, I a lot of people, their introduction at, at a certain certain point in time was vampire, you know, even, even that for a lot of people of that particular period, that was their introduction to role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, as far as those who were playing before that, this is kind of, it, it, it did what it did. It opened it up to a lot of, a lot of other people to get involved in that. It, it fed a certain uh, need scratch, a certain scratch. So, but um, so Ian, I saw you shaking or Alex, I saw you shaking your head also. So you, <laughs> Uh, Call of Cthulhu wasn't necessarily your introduction either. No, no. It, well, uh, I had I had heard about it, uh, you know, uh, you know, around when it came out, 
but it, it, it seemed heavily, you know, well, it was heavily set in the 1920s, which just really wasn't, you know, where I was wanted to play. Like I, I grew up sitting in front of the television, watching Cole Shack, the night stalker. And uh, before that I watched uh, dark, uh, was it uh, dark shadows yeah. with Barnabas Collins, the vampire. It was like a very, for, for, for all you kids who don't know about it, it, it was this basically this uh, vampire soap opera. And uh, it, it was, you know, probably cheesy by today's standards, but it was, you know, a lot of that was sort of introduction to horror as well. But I, but I loved Cole Shack the Night Stock, and that was, that was like my favorite thing ever. And so I wanted to play something that was set more in modern times. And so what I ended up using, uh, Palladium, I think, came out with something called, what was it Beyond the Supernatural? I think yep. it was called. Yep. And, um, but I, did, I didn't like the system. So I ended up like, you know, using using D and D to try and you know play with with Palladium, uh, you know, with 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 that setting, you know. So I kind of cobbled together my own um, my my own horror game, nice. you know, using that. Um, and it, it worked out okay. I mean, I'm, I'm sure by game design standards, it was a hot mess, but <laughs> we enjoyed playing <laughs> it. So that that was that was fine. Um, I uh, I inadvertently started playing uh, basic role playing through. Uh, Fast's Star Trek, which I played later on, which basically is almost identical system. They just, uh, you know, it's, it's it's you know almost uh, it's almost the same except they don't use they use psionics instead of sanity or something like that. They have a few different things, but that's where I sort of picked up on that. Um, I really like the skill based system versus you know what I'd known before, which was the, the level based system. So it was kind of nice to to see this other way of doing things, and. Uh, but yeah, and, and I think I think at one point I might have converted that over into, you know, some kind of horror game. Uh, and again, because I wasn't really interested in the 1920s era, so um, it, 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 of course I, I of course I did play once. Um, uh, once they came out with the uh, Call of Cthulhu Modern. Now, I think it was called. Oh, now, yeah, I think it was called oh, Call of Cthulhu Modern now. version. Or Cthulhu yeah. Now or something yeah, like that. Cthulhu yeah. Now, which should, yeah. should have been called Cthulhu 90s nowadays, I suppose. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Now, now is then and then is now. Yeah, yeah something like um, that. One of, one of the most unfortunate titles in the entire chaos online, in my opinion. Yeah. Cthulhu Now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was very forward-thinking, right? It was, it was, it was well, one might almost say pessimistic. Well, I mean, what it could, it could <laughs> like, end no, up. No one's going to be playing this in 10 years. <laughs> it could have definitely go into Cthulhu Now Now. How about now? Now, now. And just, now, just, now, 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 Yeah, just the whole How about now, Cthulhu? <laughs> Excellent. Oh, so that's, speaking that's, that's, of now, yeah. Cthulhu, mm -hmm. so you guys are a writing team. So, and that's why we have you guys here for this interview. So with, with your foundation kind of set now, you guys have uh, some good horror foundation there, right? Uh, great bedtime stories <laughs> from... Um, you know, Hitchcock and then, you know, Vampire the Masquerade and, you know, the Dark Ages and uh, got to give a shout out to all those old uh, like like 1970s, and 1980s horror comics, too. I, I, I was really into those as a kid. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm but, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure all all those different things have, have built, you know, have have added to that foundation on which you guys are currently, you know, that feed into your current writing. So uh, as a writing team, how did you guys actually like? <laughs> come together because ian i know you are overseas and <laughs> alex you're here in the u.s 
Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously the world is small with the digital, the digital age, but how did you guys <laughs> actually come together as a writing team and to write like Call of Cthulhu scenarios? I was just going to say geographically, I think I'm closer to Alex than you are to Scott. Geographically, you are probably correct. <laughs> Very true. That, that's, I mean, geographically, nobody's that's close true. to me. You know, so. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm close yeah, we, to we, Alex. We, we've never met. We've never met in person. No, we never met in person. Nope. Yeah, n- n- never met okay. in person. Um, I think I think we just got. I think we just met through through games we were playing. Uh, just, yeah, through uh, like the RPG Brigade or the the OSG, one of those groups. That, yeah, um, yeah, and 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 we just started occasionally playing together. Um. And uh, uh, I'm trying to think how, how did how do we get involved in writing together? Because I, I was already doing stuff on on drive through. So um, Alex and DBJ and uh, Rob Davis released the pipeline. Uh, what three years ago? Yeah, yeah, it must have been maybe now. almost yeah. four, three or four years ago. Um, they released the pipeline. Anyway, that was their the, <clears throat> the critical hit critical hit publishing's first dive into scenario writing for Call of Cthulhu. Um, and I, I can't remember how, I think you sent me a copy, Alex, because we would, we'd game together. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Cause you'd been, you'd been I, running. I did a, I did a lot online, of, uh, yeah. I did a lot of YouTube stuff at the time, like actual mm-hmm. play stuff. And so Alex, I think sent me a, a copy, a free copy. He's like, here, I want you to check this out. Just let me know what you think of it. And I loved it and I ran it and I really loved it. Um, but as just the way my, my crazy brain works, as I was reading it, I kept finding little, little little errors and things that, 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 um, you know, just kind of, I was like, well, this, this doesn't work. You know, there's no rule for that. It doesn't exist in Call of Cthulhu. No, it was their first time writing for Call of Cthulhu. Right. So I, I just sent back to Alex. I said, Hey, uh, I really like the adventure. I'm going to run it. I'm going to put it up on my YouTube channel and stuff. And, uh, but here's a, I think I sent him a copy uh, like of the document, you know, here's the 80 yeah. some page document with, uh, and I think I made like 120 little minor corrections here or there things so like little rules and consistencies and stuff like that. And, uh, a fan at it, I would call it. You know, right. Like a, not, not, not that I was a fan dancing. of it. I was <laughs> yeah. a fan of it. And I, and I said, hey, here's a few things, you know, like you could do with it what you want, but, you know, like I just thought it might might improve your book overall. Um, and so then I, I guess he liked it because uh, mm-hmm. it made, you know, he made the edits and, and then he actually asked me, he said, hey, do you want to work on the next one with me? And I said, sure, why not? You know, I've always wanted to kind of get into writing for Call of Cthulhu. I've, I've never published, mind you, but I've written tons of stuff for OSR games. You know what I mean? Like writing mm-hmm. my own adventures and scenarios and campaigns, creating worlds, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was always scared, I guess, not, maybe not scared, but intimidated by Call of Cthulhu because I didn't know how to set up like an investigation and stuff like that. It was a totally different style of gaming. Yeah. So I just took the plunge since uh, Alex invited me over and I knew he, he could do it because he'd already done it. I said, yeah, I'll jump in and we'll see how we get on and see what I can, I can learn and what we can create together. So your, fan, so blood was born. So your fan edits yeah. were the catalyst for um, what would later become Highway of Blood. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. That was that, that was <laughs> well, that was the project. They, that we they were the catalyst was working together. I think we, we then we came up with the yeah. idea for Highway of okay. Blood based okay. on our, yeah, our mutual yeah, yeah. love of that of of grindhouse horror and um, mm-hmm. the, those those Mo- old muscle 70s, cars. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the lesson that I hear is, kids, um, don't be afraid to send unsolicited fan edits to the people you like, because you never know what may happen. Um, oh, so, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I mean, and that's, I'd say that kind of tongue in cheek as a joke, but uh, 
you know, as, as soon as I, as, as soon as I say that I can hear several people go, no, <laughs> no. like, no, yes, I think that's, I think that's good advice in general. Like not just when it comes to, you know, writing for RPGs or something, but I mean, if you, if you're into something, you like something that somebody does, you know, reach out to them, tell them, tell them why you like it. Um, even if they don't get back, at least, you know, um, you've put it out there. Mm-hmm. You've got nothing to lose yeah. by approaching somebody. Like at the end of the day, we, we all tend to put people on a pedestal that we look up to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be another writer or whether it's a film director or a movie actor or a politician, whatever it is, we all have different people that we admire. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I think people are just afraid to, to reach out and try to try to talk to those people. Cause they're like, Oh, well, that person's above me or that person's, you know, mm-hmm. makes a lot more money. They're very successful. I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're just people. And I, and I am none of those things, by the way. So <laughs> well, just to be know. clear. Well, and, 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 and I think a little bit of I'm not uh, famous, no rich, nor, nor, nor uh, a little bit of advice is don't start your first <laughs> solicitation of their work as, okay, this kind of sucks, but I have found listen, listen, 300. Listen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> no, no, I that's where tell reviewers you, I, come in like me. <laughs> I was really stunned halfway through writing Highway of Blood when I found out Alex is not actually a 21 year old Japanese cosplayer. Um, you know, I yeah, like, that, I thought your name, I thought your name was Momoko. Like, what the that, fuck that, is this that's, about? How, that's how you, that's how you reel them in. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so it's too funny. So, is that what led into your first venture? Was Carnival of, or not Carnival of Madness? My mistake. Uh, Highway of Blood. That that was well, the the your, well, your first our first collaboration. Yeah, yeah, that was our first collaboration. Okay. But to go back a little bit, I wanted like I, I first started with 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 drive through doing D and D stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, because it was it was you know it was easy enough to do, and uh, I, I had never really thought of doing anything with Call of Cthulhu because I thought it's like oh I have to submit to Chaosium, and you know they 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 get a, they probably they probably get a million things coming in all the time, and it wasn't until they started the Miskatonic repository thing, or at least I found out about it, that I realized that was an actual possibility. And so um, I was originally going to write the, the pipeline as a, um, as a center at the back of a book about using cinematic environs in Call of Cthulhu. Okay. So it was going to be Arctic, you know, using Arctic environs in, in, a, in a Call of Cthulhu setting. And then I was going to throw in this little scenario at the back, just as kind of a, a fun little extra, right? And then uh, I kept, I started writing on it and I had run it as a one shot, like months and months before for, for a couple of, for a couple of guys that uh, uh, just for fun. And I thought, well, I already have partly written, so I'll, I'll write it up. And I started writing and writing. And next thing you know, the, 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 the pipeline was, was about three times the size of the original book. <laughs> so it, it ended up flipping around and, and, and that, so that, that became the main thing. Um, but it has since been updated by the way, to, to like 2.0 between, um, you know, obviously the, the, the things that Ian spotted and then, uh, some other people ran it and they, they did some, they made some changes of their own, just, you know, uh, keeper changes that every keeper makes that were better than what I thought of. So I talked to them and said, Hey, do you mind if I, do you mind if I change that in, in mine and, you know, give me credit for it? It's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So I, I, 2.0 is, is is somewhat different than than the original now so that was fun god i need to break <laughs> up my copy of 2.0 and actually like read it and then run it <laughs> <laughs> i've got it it's in print i just haven't read it yet. well he, he did you know uh, it, it was it was actually from into the darkness they ran it and 
um, he did, he, he made like one little change that I, I was at first, I was so angry because I didn't think of it and it would, it just made it so much better. I won't spoil anything here, but it, it just, made, it just made things. It just made the scenarios flow so much better. It was like, son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> like, that was uh Tom Raley, yeah? Yeah. Into the darkness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those things happen though. Those things happen. <laughs> so switching gears a little bit. Um, let's let's talk about so we've talked uh, you know, we've touched on the pipeline, right? We've hinted at um Highway of Blood, but let's let's talk about your newest game. Yes. Uh, that just released. Uh, I'm looking at my my data, my computer monitor here. What? Twelve days ago. Yeah. Uh, Carnival of Madness. Uh, what what is so for listeners? What is Carnival of Madness? This is a multi part question. So what is Carnival of Madness? What was your inspiration for for the scenario? And what? do you think is its strongest selling point? Um, well, okay. Do, 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 how spoilery do you want us to get? Because, uh, let, let's uh, try to keep it as spoiler free as we can. Okay. Um, right. Cause obviously we want, um, I want listeners to, to walk away from this with a, with an idea that, Hey, Carnival of Madness is something that they're interested in and then they should seek it out. Gotcha. Right. But without okay. spoiling it for them. <laughs> so I, I suppose for me, the, 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 what really sparked Carnival of Madness was my desire to make a genuine one shot. Um, because after writing uh, Highway of Blood, which came out, which came into this, you know, multi shot, you know, epic, <laughs> you know, Sandbox. descent into hell. Um, yeah. Oh, we know, you know we I, played it. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, it, it, it just, it got out of control. So I, I really wanted to limit it. So I, I was thinking, okay, I want to have it limited in scale. So it's going to be one location. I want it limited in time. It takes place in one night. And, um, you know, I wanted to have, a, you know, a, 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 a specific sort of end point to it. And, and so those things sort of gave rise to the idea, okay, so it'll be a carnival. Uh, because carnivals are always, you know, moody and and atmospheric for these sort of things, um, <clears throat> and uh, what else? Um, I'm trying to edit myself so I don't spoil anything. Um, I don't think I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say it involves a missing girl uh, who was, uh, um, you know, kidnapped from a from a nearby hospital. Um, I think the other thing that influenced me with you know, sort of trying to, with that idea was that I grew up in, in central Massachusetts. And so that's, I know that area really well. I grew up there. I, I grew up in, I grew up in Worcester and this takes I'm place. Sorry. You know, <laughs> uh, it was, it was nice back then. Uh, <clears throat> it takes place, you know, West of there in, in the, in the fictional town of, of Aylesbury. Uh, but it, uh, you know, there was always something magical about Halloween in New England. And I just, I love that time period, that, uh, uh, that feel, the smells. It's just, it's mm -hmm. very visceral to me. Yeah. Fall, fall on the East coast in that area is, you know, it, it's a, a legit change. 
It's, it's the whole world changes, at least in that yeah. area. We don't experience it out here in California with our uh, two seasons, uh, summer and summerer. Um, so we, we, what we know about <laughs> you it must live here, in South Carolina too, <laughs> <laughs> but, but seeing, but seeing that and, and witnessing and being back, there, I've got family back there and been, been there during the fall. It is like a totally different world. It's, it's more than, you know, a, a, a painting or an image on TV. So it's just, like you said, the smells, the, the air. And with that, it does <laughs> give off this weird kind of real life creepy environment you know as the sun sends the set and the shadow set in and the different colors it, it's it's no it, it, i would say it's it's definitely something that i could see inspiring this kind of thing it just adds to the atmosphere and then you throw in a creepy carnival i mean you oh know, my god yeah yeah you, you've got yeah, yeah, new, england, new england itself is just steeped in ghost stories and lore yeah. Right. And and I mean, there's a reason Stephen King writes so much in about Maine, and and Lovecraft wrote so much about New England and Massachusetts. And um, there's something about the place that just gives rise to ghost stories, and oh, yeah. and, and scary stories. Oh, I concur. Um, just just like Alex, I I grew up uh, probably about thirty or forty miles west of where he grew up, so in Massachusetts mm. myself. So um, I get it. There there is something. I'm not going to say magical about Massachusetts in the fall because magical is not the right word, but like eerily yeah. skin crawling, creepy. Because um, <laughs> I, I mean, I know Alex can can probably attest to this. I mean, like once the and, and maybe Scott, because I know you've been there, too. Like once that sun starts to set, you know, at five or five thirty in October, you know, September, October, November, you know, the like the the leaves that are you know, changing color and dropping off the trees, they have mm -hmm. a distinct smell that you don't get in other places. No. Yeah. And um, it's a and, very, and they, just blow, they blow in swirls across the street right. and, yeah. and you get that first smell of wood smoke as people start lighting yes. fireplaces and wood yeah. stoves. And, yeah. and, and uh, one thing I worked into this that was always distinct for me was when you, uh, in, especially in the older cars, when you first turn on that heater of your car for the first time in the fall, after not having used it all summer, it, it, that too has a distinctive smell it's to the it. The burning of the dust off the coil. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, of course it is. Mm -hmm. But it's it's still just that unique smell that you know. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, you have apple orchards, you have uh, uh, cider and and pies, and it's just that 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 so much so much of that is is just burned into mm -hmm. me. And listeners, that concludes Southie talk with Alex and Keith as they discuss. Southie's <laughs> like. a whole nother area, guys. In, in oh, Massachusetts yeah, that, as they grow up. <laughs> that that's a whole nother part of new england we're not going to talk about south um, uh, so wow okay so yes that is a little <laughs> cultural uh peering through the window of where alex and and keith yes. grew up but, <laughs> um now as somebody that's intimately familiar with carnival of madness myself um because uh, i've i've worked on the project too yes uh, mm -hmm. so I, 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 i'm I trying to retain keep out the, the spoilers too mm -hmm. um do you, Ian, do you think that there is, uh, as as a total, as I smack my mic around here, as a total package, do you think that it really, for you as somebody that's not a New Englander, right? So mm -hmm. somebody kind of looking in from the outside as as a contributor to the project as well, that that it really does for you embody kind of that that creepy New England feel, the the, the creepy carnival jive, you know, feel... 
Um, like I can't comment on the creepy New England feel because I'm trying to think what what I've ever been in New England. I've been to Pennsylvania and I've been to Delaware. That's New England. That's right? close enough. I mean, that's about you get it. A bit of that there. Yeah. <laughs> that's about <laughs> you get it. Some there. Um, yeah. That's about it for. Oh, I've been to New York too, but uh, upstate. But I'm sorry. Um, no, actually, I would say upstate New York is probably uh, one of the most beautiful places I've oh, ever oh, been. Oh God, in it's gorgeous. States. That's probably the closest. Yeah. yeah. But Finger Lakes. But do you think amazing. it really for you, um, as as somebody that's obviously intimately familiar with the project? Yeah, like as far as the creepy carnival vibe goes, for sure. I I, I think uh, we we put a lot of time. We we spent more time, I think, overall. Now, granted, we went through all the the madness of 2020 and 2021, of course, but uh, we we spent a lot more time working on carnival, I think, than we did on highway. It felt like, oh yeah, time. anyway, maybe it wasn't, yeah. but um, and I think that kind of shows it paid off. Um, you know we talked we had many sessions where we just sit together and talk about what we remembered from going to carnivals in the seventies and eighties, you know, like what kind of games there were, what kind of food there was and things of that sort. So, um, you know, we we focused a lot on those details and in fairness, I, you know, based on what I've seen with the exception of like Narragansett, it seems like the carnivals in new England have pretty much the same stuff that the carnivals in Ohio where I grew up had, you know, um, so <laughs> I would imagine there's probably a lot of commonality across the country on that. Yeah. They travel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And of course, there's also the fact that the carnival in Carnival of Madness is not a New England carnival. It's a European carnival that happens to oh. travel. Right. Indeed and, uh, it is. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think it worked really well. Another thing I'd point out, too, is like, you know, from experience that highway of blood is very much kind of a a a, a visceral physical grinder right um, right you will take damage most likely mm -hmm. a lot of damage um we <laughs> want to be a tagline carnival you will take damage yeah. oh, there man. you go right jeez opportunity um, missed with carnival though we wanted to do that but not to the body but to the mind you know that was uh, that was one of our early goals yeah you know where if you want to call um highway a meat grinder then carnival is a sanity grinder so got it uh, okay and uh and i can tell you having run it i think i just ran my 13th run through of it this mm -hmm. weekend um yeah there's lots of insanity to go around <laughs> yeah i saw that posting yes i think that you, you guys definitely are running running uh world records for sanity loss um I did and, and, see that. That's fantastic. And, and to be fair, as someone who's who's you know been through it, it's not bloated at all. I mean, you know, some people are going to go, "Oh, come on!" You know, they're just saying that. No, it's it's not forced. It's definitely not you know bloated. The possibility of it is is there. So it's mm. it's definitely it's definitely a game to, you know, where you're right. You know, whereas Highway of Blood was more, you know, good lord, these hit points are going down quickly, and you know, sanity was part of it in in uh you know carnival of madness of the 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 mental aspects are, are mm. the key key thing there and and oh, as you absolutely. said it's nice and i mean hope i'm not taking over too much but the it's it's you had mentioned earlier when i was spoken with one of you it's either ian or alex your one of your things was is you wanted to tighten it up you know make it something that someone could play within a session or a relatively decent mm. session uh, whereas, you know, Highway of Blood, it, it being a sandbox, it can go all over and as long as you want. Do you, do you, think that, do you feel like you've accomplished that in 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 in, um, uh, in Carnival of Madness? I definitely so far, I think, for, yeah, for I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, we 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 I think even in the play test, we always manage to to do it in a single session. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some are longer sessions, like I think one went to like five hours or five and a half, maybe mm-hmm. something like that, which is a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but then but then uh, I did we ended up doing a a major cut to it. Which again, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, there, there was there was one, there was one one piece in it that was very cool. I really enjoyed it, but it ended up it, it tended to bog down the characters, and it kind of took them away from sort of the main story. Yeah. And and as cool as it was, and that was one of the hardest things on this one. And and I guess I guess it shows growth of a kind as a as a as a as a scenario writer. They decided to just you know we decided to just cut it out amputate it and and it was it, it ended up being so much better for it you know um yeah yeah to to, to make to make it tighter to make it definitely finish you know completable in a single session and mm-hmm. to not take away from you know the main sort of um the main sort of thread awesome. now somebody awesome. wanted to run a multi-session um you know run of it of course it, it's it's definitely you're able to, you know, you can stretch out that night over. Oh yeah. Hours of play. Probably if you wanted to go and play all the games and experience. Well, that's it. If, if you carnival. get role players. Yeah. If you, if you get some hardcore role players who just love to interact and, 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 and really play with, you know, play with their characters and then they want to play every single game and they want to go on every ride and sample every bit of food. You can definitely, you know, you can definitely drag sure. it out a bit, but I, I, even then, I think it would be hard to drag it out more than two mm-hmm. uh, yeah, without probably. really dragging it. <laughs> you know, with, with, I mean, without really letting the without letting the uh, the patients take over the asylum. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. But without, without, sure. without spoiling <laughs> without spoiling anything, I think you mm-hmm. can say that we do kind of have ways written into the scenario that allow the game master to move things along. You know, uh, yeah. to, to accelerate yeah. the uh, pace of the night. Yeah, we so want to do that option. That so they can get that done in that four-hour yeah. con slot, you know. As, as going through that, I will definitely compliment that. Uh, with, with Highway of Blood, uh, Carnival of Madness, and, and even your, you know, your most recent offerings, you know, which we'll talk about in a moment, you guys, both of you, and at least in my opinion, as, you know, as, a, as a GM or keeper or whatever, you do provide a lot of advice, uh, you know, which is extremely helpful. And I think it shows. Amen. It, I think it really shows both of your backgrounds as, you know, this is, this is something that you didn't just pick up, you know, three years ago. It's been in your blood um, all this time. And then, you know, all these wonderful ideas are starting to come to the surface, but you also look at it from a game master's point of view. Um, and it's not sure. handholding. I mean, as you know, anyone listening here, this is not a, you know, neither one of these things are, they're not, they're not taking you by the hand, but there's a lot of excellent advice and also, workable personalized changes uh you know that is always a good thing within you know brp and call of cthulhu yeah your 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 chase rules in highway of blood are a lot more easier to understand (laughs) than the default (laughs) rules to to be perfectly honest at at least at least from from my point of view and they do and and we went through we went through hell to 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 cobble those together man that was that was one of the harder parts (laughs) yeah of putting that Uh, thing together Little known fact, I, uh, that was one of the things when we started working on Highway of Blood, neither one of us had ever used the chase rules. We hadn't even really understood the chase rules, you know. Um, as I bet you understand them now. The oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. I use them all the time now. 
Actually. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So with your with your other series, right? Since uh, I know we Scott hinted at it, right? So your other series that you've recently released is the Grindhouse series, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 tends to be your your stylistic genre of uh, you know de facto genre you guys go to. Um, well, it, it, yeah, it's what we like, and and there seems to be sort of a a, a gap, I guess, absolutely in, in the in the in the Call of Cthulhu. Um, <clears throat> setting so mm-hmm. right so in 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 obviously that in an attempt to fill that gap what can you tell listeners about the series as a whole like what are you trying to accomplish with that series and what does the future look like for that series so what we're trying what? to do is we're trying to get rich um, so we yeah, want right. millions of people to buy. I got a whole separate question on that. Um, that's for a different. That's for a different. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're, you can edit we're that out. We're raking it, it in, or, or you can keep it. No. Up. <laughs> um, he's he's funny. Um, I'm sorry. I'll, no, let, I'll let Alex take it. Yeah. <laughs> so no. I, um, well, I, I guess some of it is part of what I mentioned earlier, which was the idea of being able to do one shots, and. Uh, Part of it, I guess, on a on a on a sort of uh, behind the scenes level, is you know it's a it's hard to put out a full length scenario often for us. <laughs> you know, we don't have the resources to put them out as often as as you know we might like. So this this offers us the opportunity to take some of these ideas we have boiling around in our in our, in our twisted minds, and and release them in in a way that we can do them much more much more frequently. Um, and also to get, uh, again, more one shots out there. And also, I guess to, in a way to build our, our, our seventies our grindhouse cinematic universe, if you want to think of it like that. Right. Um, because, uh, you know, how we have madness, uh, sorry, how we have madness, how we have blood and carnival of madness. We both make, they make great, you know, single scenarios, um, but there's not much else out there for someone who wants to run a say a '70s campaign. So uh, part of it was getting getting other stuff out there too that people can use and eventually kind of build you know give them other options they can play in this this time period and with these kind of these kind of scenarios. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess it was just a great way to for us to try and get more uh, more of our ideas out there that we have. Because not all of them would, would make big, big, massive scenarios. Sometimes you just sit there thinking, it's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, um, if, if, the, if, these, if these people stumbled upon, you know, this, this thing happening in, in, in this wooded cabin somewhere and, you know, and, and it's like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. Well, let's do that then. Mm, a cabin um, in the woods. Oh, hey, that, that's a good name. They, they, <laughs> they do have a good, they do have a good cinematic flair. And I, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, Alex, you, you, a lot of things that you did maybe previously were, was focusing on cinematic environments, if I'm not mistaken. And so it's, it seems like that, mm-hmm. and, and it shows, I mean, you, you provide soundtracks, you provide inspirations of, you know, recommendations, go watch these movies, go, go read this book or go look this thing up to kind of get uh-huh. people into that, mm-hmm. that frame of mind in that, that cinematic mode, because it, it operates differently than it would in a normal Call of Cthulhu investigation process. It's a little bit more, yeah. it's, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a little bit more fast paced. 
your scenarios in oh, the sure. in, in the in you the grindhouse are more condensed, yeah. almost as if mm-hmm. to mirror that these these grindhouse movie you know situation or scenarios in the seventies where there would be you know come to the theater for for this whole Saturday and there's three things to three grindhouse movies to watch or go to the drive-in and they're back to back you know double features that kind of thing. Um, and so what, what is the average runtime for these? They're, they, they, are they coming in threes? There's three different scenarios in each volume so far. If I'm no, uh, two, it's, two. It's, okay. we're, 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 we're doing kind of like a double feature, right? Double feature. Right. So, okay. yeah. So, um, and each one, they're pretty short. I mean, what is it? Two hours, two hours, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, two, two and a half hours. Play? Yeah, I, I would say three, three to four on my averages, but I usually okay. tend to let the I let the I let the players chew up on the role play early on in the game. Yeah, so yeah. Again, it, the, there's a little bit of variety. You know, but it, 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 it's a horror mm. movie thing, right? You get them to care about the characters, and then you destroy them. Yes. So, yeah. Um, oh, but, they, but they're definitely one shots. So, you know, for 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 yeah, a reasonable definitely. session, length. four hours or less. That that's the goal. Yeah. One yeah, thing I noticed on work you know con slots and stuff. Once you look at like you, you have the introductory cover to the scenario, the the artwork, and you've done a what I consider to be a very thoughtful and also mindful thing that you've included with this is right there on the cover. There's a breakdown of what you of technically trigger warnings for people. This is what's going to happen in this scenario. There's three different big heavy things that or more that we're going to be touched upon. And right then and there, that's clear and easy for someone to just decide if this isn't for them. And mm-hmm. without having to create this situation where, you know, the, the keeper running the game is stuck, you know, and, you know, maybe I forgot to mention something or I forgot to bring this up or, you know, or it's, or it's embedded within the game as sometimes it is. But right there, uh, you know, on these things or just, you know, for example, body horror needles or whatever the case may be and if anybody has any issues with that they know immediately or the keeper immediately knows a touch on that was Mm -hmm. that a conscious effort to do that uh as you know as a lot of these you know in this particular day and age there's a there's more concerns about touching base on that uh when when players get involved Mm -hmm. in in certain games and presenting it clearly uh up front that this is for you so was this a decision you guys decided to do because of that, or it's just one of those things you just said, well, I'm just going to plaster this here just because this is where we want to put it. I mean, it, like uh, we, we, we first started doing it with, with uh, highway of blood, because obviously there's, there's a lot of pretty sensitive stuff in that. Right. And, you know, while, while the, the, the scenarios themselves are grindhouse, you know, mm-hmm. I think both Ian and I are, are Ian and I are fairly progressive and right. generally speaking. And so, you know, we, we did, de- we definitely wanted to, to people that to, to people to know what they're getting into. Right. right? So, so when they, when they pick it up, you know, you're not going to be running this for kids. You're not going to be running this for people who have PTSD or you know, you're going to be running this for people who have, who have had genuine trauma in their lives. And you want right. to give them the opportunity to, to say, you know, I, I don't need to play. I don't need, I don't need to be playing that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning of, at the beginning of highway, uh, beginning of highway and, and in the beginning of, of each one of these, mm-hmm. we do have a warning that, um, that basically lets people know, you know, what's in it, gives them tips for how to run it. If they, if they're going to run it mm-hmm. and then things that, you know, where we how do draw hard lines. situations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and, and a lot of it should be common sense, but often isn't like, you know, good communication, right. you know, you sit down with your players, Hey, you know, what, where are your boundaries? What do you want to, you know, 
Is, is there anything you don't, absolutely don't want in this? Mm-hmm. And whenever possible, we try to give them options to eliminate those things so they can sort of do, you know, line item vetoes of, you know, okay, we definitely don't want this in there. <laughs> you know, right. this person has, has, has uh, tryptophobia. Oh, take this puppy Believe out. Believe it or you not, <laughs> like I said, I've run Carnival of Madness 13 times, mm-hmm. three separate times. I've had somebody with a clown phobia. Oh really? In the game, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm to like, be fair, that's a, that, that that seems to be a fairly common one these days. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it is. It's a lot more common than I thought. I was just kind of surprised. I'm like, you signed up to play Carnival of Madness, right? <clears throat> right. Yeah. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Maybe they didn't think. <laughs> there All was right, I be won't. Clowns at the I guess carnival. I. I guess I won't terrorize. Why it have to be clowns? <laughs> Why is it got to be clowns? <laughs> but it, it it's definitely it's definitely I guess for lack of a better term a little bit progressive so to speak. I don't I don't I feel it, like that term doesn't get used properly a lot, but that it's, it's I think, yeah, um, a lot of a lot of people have the warnings in the front of the book or it's embedded as you're you know flipping through several you know if you're an, if you're you know uh, used to horror adventures or rpgs if it's not up in mm-hmm. the front it's somewhere within there you're going to eventually touch base on something like you know hey this is a trigger warning but with this it's just it's right there plain as day and i do feel like that mm-hmm. would make it make certain games more accessible to people if things are just kind of right there up in front yeah, like that, which is See, great. Think- someone, someone can look at this, go, you know, look at their five people. You know, does anyone have any of these issues before we continue? These are the three well, major. It's right there themes. on the cover. I mean, yeah. the cover has yeah. two or three of those yeah. trigger warning words right so, on the cover. Yeah, and that's, so we, we're, we're kind of we're kind of talking about a couple of different things here. Yeah, agree. Um, yeah, but like regarding the you know progressive or not, whatever terminology right. you would use about about content warnings in, the, in our material, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Anybody who's played or read or watched a play of Highway Blood knows why we needed to put content warnings right. in there, right? Yep. <laughs> it's it's really, really adult stuff, really dark, really yeah. violent, really horrible. You know, yeah. like if if I read that and that was my introduction to myself, I'd be like, man, Ian's a terrible person, right? So <laughs> um, you know, but so I think content warnings, you know for taking the politics out of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I think they're, they're crucial. They're crucial. If we want to produce horror, good horror content, what I call consider yeah. good horror content. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we could make everything PG 13, but we all know PG 13 horror is not good. No. If I want that. I'll watch Scooby. I mean, come on. Right. You know, we want to do, we want to do rated R or actually in 1970, it probably would have been rated X, you know, yeah. That yeah. content, you know, um, that's that's just what we're into, you know. Yeah, I, I, I would what much we, what rather we like to create. So, regarding the other part, which I think, um, which is what you were actually asking about, is the the what I call the splash covers within yes. Grindhouse. Mm-hmm. So each each scenario has its own kind of splash cover that you could use as like a cover image, you know, or whatever. And that has the three things in it, right? For example, yeah. uh, blood, gore, graphic violence, or, yeah. you know, tripophobia, yeah, violence you know, against children, blood. incest, whatever, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, so I, I'm going to kind of redirect the question back to you, Alex, because you're the mm-hmm. art designer. Um, <laughs> like, like when, when you first came up with the first splash covers, right, for Crimson King and mm-hmm. uh, Isle of the Damned, um, what was it that, that made you... Uh, were you just experimenting? Why did you decide to, to put those like three three kind of quick uh, content warning words on the, on each one? Mm-hmm. Well, part, I mean, part of it was just visu- visually it balanced it, like to have mm-hmm. to have you have the title of it at the top, and I, and I just I love I love splash pages like that at the beginning yeah. of of things, you know, chapters mm-hmm. and and uh, mm-hmm. you know whatever it happens to be. 
but uh, in this case, because they're different scenarios, I, fe I felt that was even more important. So you have the the, mm -hmm. the, the, the the big image, and then you've got the name. And then I want something to kind of balance it at the bottom. And I was trying to think of what to put down there. And then I think, well, because, I mean, we have the general warning at the beginning, you know, for Grindhouse in general. But um, each scenario is going to be so different that, you know, you're going to have entirely different situations mm -hmm. in each one one you could have massive body horror and the next one might just be a ghost story where where there's psychological tension and and you know that kind of thing going on so they can be very different and so i thought the idea of having these warnings and i just picked three just because it, it 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 looked nice mm -hmm. <laughs> um well, I, let me if i may if i can inter sure. interject on that i mean a yes it looks it looks nice like it it balances those splash covers out nicely but i think the secondary effect is it it, it is going to that um what what scott was talking about is providing those warnings up front for folks like right. hey these are the these are themes that are going to be in this <clears throat> short scenario and yeah. so a keeper can quickly flip through and go oh no, I know I've got, you know, Billy Bob playing in this scenario and he doesn't do needles or body horse. Right. So I'm going to just, we're not going to, we're not going to do this one or I've got to modify it. Right. right. You know, it, it right. lets people make informed decisions. Sure. Zero uh, in on it. Exactly. Yeah. Much more, uh, much easier. Well, which and, I, which and I think on is the fantastic. So thank you for, for yeah. doing that. Yeah. Putting them on the splash page makes sense because number one, it's you're going to spot it right away. Yes. And number two, um, like, like I was saying, each scenario is, is each scenario is going to can be, can be very different from each other. And so you're going to, you know, you're going to be dealing with different stuff all the time. So, you know, it's either change the, it's either change that whole page at the front or just change three words. And that, and just from a, just from a design standpoint, it's just easier for me in a way. So there's that, that, that aspect to it as well. It, uh, I mean, right. from, I'm not a graphic guy. I'm an editor, right? <laughs> um, but from somebody who reads a lot, writes a lot of reviews, uh, and, and runs a lot of games and plays a lot of games, I, I appreciate those things like right up front, uh, not on the not on the main cover, uh, just because I, I don't know where they fit in the book on the main cover unless the entire book is that. But especially with a with a smaller booklet of two scenarios, I can go to each individual scenario and know what's there. And I think. And I think, you know, people that are going to be buying this, uh, you know, buying into this product line down the road are going to appreciate that. Hope so. Um, Hope so. Yeah. It also reminds me, you know, going back to our kind of cinematic um, themes, right? Which is what I think Critical Hit Publishing does, in my opinion. Like if anybody asked me, you know, what adjective would you use to describe what Critical Hit Publishing does? I'd use the word cinematic, right? Because that's kind of what we, what we, what we focus on is making Touché. it make it exciting, make it feel like something you'd sit down and watch in a major feature or something, you know. Um, but you remember, like, they used to do that with the rating system, too. Like, if something was rated R, it would say rated R for, you know, adult language, sexual content, <laughs> right. and Smoking, graphic violence. Right, door, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, the, all the different stuff would Follow get listed next I'm not to the sure R, when right? smoking so, became a rated R I, thing, but it is. <laughs> so I didn't know if that was kind of an inspiration or Drug not, use. but that's something that I always think of when I look at the splash pages and you see, yeah. you know, trypophobia, <clears throat> um, you know, violence and and uh, nightmares or whatever, you know, I'm just right. using random ones that we have in different scenarios. But, yep. you know, that that's what I think of. I think of those old rated R for... These right on. 
One, one thing we didn't mention that uh, we are doing a little bit differently with this as well is we're experimenting with the, uh, the size, the size of the, of the book. Um, <clears throat> we decided to go with a six by nine format for these grindhouse ones. Um, now if you're getting the PDF, then, then it doesn't make that much of a difference. Right. But as, as soon as we get, as soon as we sell enough, you have to, you have to reach a lectrum status on uh drive through RPG. You can do print on demand, which is what we're planning on doing. And uh, we thought we'd try just a just you know maybe a small sort of you know a small format. Number one, that sort of uh, it, may, it makes you sort of think of of sort of these little pulpy, um, you know, books that you might pick up in a five and dime store kind of thing. It has that. It just has a little I don't know something about more of a grindhouse feel to me anyway. Um, and the other thing was that because these are going to be shorter. Um, putting them in on a six by nine format allows us to have more pages because there's a, there's a page limit. When you go to print on demand, you have to have at least, I think it's 18 pages. I want to say you can't have less than that. And we weren't sure how That's many, we, right. how many pages we're going to have per scenario. So we were like, uh, you know, we want to, we want to, we didn't want to just pad it out, you know, for no good reason, but by, but by making the smaller format, it allows us to, you know, to do the two scenarios and have enough, but yet have enough pages we can actually do print on demand because a lot of people do like the physical copy. I mean, I like them too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to, I'm a dead tree kind of guy. Get that. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Yeah. What's that? I'm a dead tree kind of guy. I like oh, my print yeah. books <laughs> whenever possible. I like print books. Yeah. I, I grabbed all your PDFs, but no, there'll be a message going. So when's the POD coming out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Under so, an assumed name now. Yeah. 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 I've got several accounts that I use. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I think my my last question um, as we start to kind of wrap this up is I think this is going to be geared more towards Ian because uh, Ian, you seem to be the, the public face uh, for like convention gaming and things like that. Uh, it's just because I have a more reliable internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I to be fair, I, I, I have wrong? played games with Alex uh, when I was part of the playtest group for carnival of madness alex ran it we didn't have any problems with his internet i'm just saying but um yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i know but i know you had the alpaca that day so that's that's what happened oh <laughs> uh, the moose was on vacation got it um but i know ian that you typically kind of personify the critical hit publishing right you're out there you're the face of 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 you guys uh, when it comes to convention gaming and things like that. So where can listeners like find uh, you guys, either of you or just you, Ian, uh, running, you know, the uh, the Grindhouse scenarios or maybe Carnival of Ma- uh, Madness, you know, over the next, you know, coming month or so? Well, I have two games. I'm doing the, the volume one double feature. So uh, the Crimson King and Isle of the Damned for Grog Meatish which is coming up 13th, 14th, I think in November, somewhere around there. Um, Isle of the Damned is sold out, but there are, less. I looked yesterday anyway, there were still three seats available for the Crimson King at Grog Meadish. And I want to say it's November 13th. It might be the 14th. I'm, I'm in Europe and, you know, so times get mixed up in days. But, uh, <laughs> you can definitely, they're, they're, they're there on the, um, <clears throat> on the, the game sign up for the. Uh, that would be 13, 14 November. And that's the only convention games that I still have lined up for the year at the moment. Um, aside from that, I do a lot of um, playtesting on various servers on Discord. I, I've been kind of 
trying to spread it out a little bit, trying out different locations. The good friends of Jackson Elias Discord server is excellent. Anytime I throw a game up there, it's usually full within hours. Um, you know, so um, I do put a lot of stuff up there. Um, there's another one called Everything's If you want to see any played, if, if, if you want to see live Sorry. play, uh, Ian, Ian has a couple on his channel on uh, Fantastic Dimensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, uh, Into the Darkness has done our has done our stuff. Uh, there, yeah. there's, there's even a uh, Carnival of Madness that Ian ran uh, yeah, very recently. The second part of should be coming out soon. Yep, it's out. part two, part two is out uh, yesterday. Yeah. In fact, I think. Yeah. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. It's already done. Shit. Yep, it's already out. I, I, I was aware. Mm-hmm. I was made aware. Yeah, they, of it they've, done, they've done the pipeline. They've done Highway of Blood and, and now mm-hmm. Carnival of Madness. So the three big ones are are all on Into the Darkness. So. Yeah. It, um, there uh you which ones did you run you ran i know you ran carnival of madness obviously did you run any of the others ian i'm trying to remember i ran all oh, three you ran the pipeline yep. i ran all three i ran the pipeline highway of blood and okay uh, yeah so so okay. yeah in if you go to into into in, and then yeah. tom tom also <laughs> tom also ran pipeline yeah and did he do a highway of blood as well no i don't think so i don't remember but yeah it, it, the it, their production value is really good so it's it's you know yeah they, if you, you want to watch a live play of it uh, of any of them that's uh that's a good place to go Excellent. although we'll definitely... actually mm-hmm. i i would interject and say if you want to see my personal favorite highway of blood playthrough is the one on um mini terrain domain that Alex oh ran. that that was a fun uh, one for how for, that's the quintessential of highway ones, of blood that's my favorite. scenario yeah for that's uh, my playthrough favorite. we will definitely add another one <clears throat> Go ahead, I had another one of those. Oh man, I wish we came up with that kind of moments <laughs> in it as well. Prior, in, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll definitely, the, definitely put the, uh, links. Say. We'll definitely put links to those in in the show notes, directing everybody there. So yes, and and I, I I've watched. I would do watch Fantastic Dimensions, uh, you know, um, quite a bit off and on, and it's a you know it's a, all of your games that, that, that I've seen on there at least. Maybe not watch through to, through completion, wow. but 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 seeing seeing them all, I pop in and you know it's 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 one of the one of the ones that one of the few that I can watch. I mean, I'm not a watcher. Right. I, I can listen to people gaming, yeah. but uh, it's one of the few that I actually can put up and, and sit down and just watch. So mm. so there's wow. there's there's that. Uh, but um, so we'll definitely include those in the show notes. Um, as- oh, sorry. Aside from that. What else? Sorry, we'll cut this out. Um, <laughs> what's next for you guys? Is do you guys have anything in in up and coming, or are you just focusing on this, or can you not Ooh, talk about it? Funny you should ask. Actually, no. Um, well, we're also both into science fiction, and so um, oh, Keith, cut it. Oh Christ. <laughs> Hey Cast guys, it it's, been ni- it's been nice talking with you. Uh, we're out. Uh, no, computer. go ahead. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> Keith hates sci-fi. I forget about Keith that. Keith hates sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no. I carry on. No, go ahead. I'm joking. Yeah. No. Uh, so we're uh, yeah we're we're both we're both into into sci with some ideas for sci-fi scenarios I should say, and so we're going to be doing a, a similar format to the to the to the Grindhouse double feature. Uh, but it's going to be uh, they're going to be sci-fi. Um, uh, the basically the the working title uh, at the moment is uh, the the, uh, the the trackless void. Um, 
and uh, it'll have again two scenarios, same same kind of format as as uh, grind as the grindhouse. Uh, it'll obviously look different, but uh, you know, it, it, they'll again they'll be designed to be one shots. Uh, same idea. Very cool. <clears throat> and then starting start uh, actually should be uh, by the time this airs, we'll be having our uh, Halloween sale uh, that's going to include uh, Highway of Blood and Carnival of Madness. Uh, in a package mm-hmm. deal on drive through RPG for only $13. That's only $6.50 a piece for the PDFs. Um, so that's, that's going to be available. pages of material. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend and, it. It's a fantastic Hours deal. and hours. Hours and hours of gameplay. Oh, absolutely. Oodles, oodles and oodles. <clears throat> and they, they uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the general conceit is, is they're, they're almost a continuation of each other. It's, it's a, it's a, some of them are a chain of events that that are interconnected at certain points. There, there, there are some connect. Yeah, there are potential connections. Yes, yeah. um, and you can, you but you can sure. connect them as much as you want. Much, much like, yeah. much like I did when when I when I ran through the the uh, Carnival of Blood <laughs> session, and I threw my character as a uh, as a little Easter egg when I was running a Highway of Blood in there, and you know, I, I believe I got a chuckle from from Ian or, or Alex regarding that, and you know, Keith's. <laughs> Who? Like, shut up! Never mind. This is for me. So, all right. Well, th- this is this is excellent. I mean, I, I I hope you guys we didn't take up too much of your time, and I hope we did. We cover any? Did we not cover anything that you guys wanted to mention? The big thing we wanted to touch on is what you guys have, uh, where they can find find your uh, your work, and more, more importantly, of course, the sale coming up this this week. Uh, definitely pick up pick up these yeah. games. Run them for Halloween. Um, I mean, even, even I mean, even if it, Highway of Blood can be can be done in pieces, and you can have a nice little, you know, uh, the hills have eyes scenario Halloween evening. Uh, it doesn't you don't have to definitely <laughs> tackle it as a sandbox, but you can have bits and pieces. Yeah. My personal favorite I'm looking forward to run is uh, one of the I believe it's in Volume Two of the Grindhouse. Is it Jackknife, the the one with the big mm, yeah. truck? Uh, that that one I just as soon as I read that instantly. Um, you know, visions of me watching the uh, the Hitcher uh, on HBO as a kid, making sure my parents don't don't catch me watching that that infamous scene that I actually yep. threw into once again my version of a uh, of Highway of Blood, and I I won't you mm-hmm. know touch on that, but yes. So, mm. uh, but anything else that uh, you guys would like to cover that we haven't uh, covered ourselves, and then we'll get to the most important question we have. Uh, I think I think that's almost it. Uh, although Carnival of Madness is, is a great one for Halloween because it it literally takes place on on the, on October thirtieth. So, um, yep. you know, it, it's 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 perfect for that, which is why we wanted the, to release it in time for for Halloween, of course. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you guys but, were uh, able to make uh, make that happen. Yeah, and sure. Thanks in large part to <laughs> Keith there for stepping up when when we needed a uh, an emergency uh, <laughs> an emergency editor to to help 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 us out. Yeah. So, um, uh, you're welcome, and any 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 further errors can be uh, can be uh, directed to him as his fault. <laughs> okay. And I would just say, <laughs> yes. I would I would only add that um, <laughs> with regards to the grindhouse double features, like mm-hmm. we're going to keep on cranking those out as as much yeah. as we can, as long as we're inspired to keep writing them, and mm-hmm. as long as people seem to be interested in and in actually purchasing and running them and playing <laughs> them and stuff, yeah. uh, we'll keep you up going with that. I mean, we've already. We're well into the third volume now, and in, in our uh, in our development phase, and mm-hmm. uh, yep, we are playing a Christmas on. special of of those too. 
uh, a, a double feature Christmas, a Christmas special. special. Well, you heard it Volume here, listeners. Special. Ooh. And I've already, <laughs> I'm already really got, excited. I've already got the framework down for at least one of the scenarios for Volume Five as well. So I mean, we're yeah. The the, the only thing I like more than Halloween it. horror is Christmas horror. Christmas Amen. horror. <laughs> See, Christmas is, is existential horror for me. So. <laughs> well, if you guys keep keep releasing them, I'll keep <clears throat> buying them. So you know, absolutely, I love them. So we're, we're going to put all this information in the show notes, but but definitely definitely check these guys out on Drive Through uh, Highway. I mean, you can if you know Critical Hit Publishing, Highway of Blood, Carnival of Madness. Um, you know, you can easily search these things out if you know if, if you know if you don't go into the show notes like some people do. But but definitely check these out. These are you know these scenarios are made for this time of the year. You know, bring some horror into your home and have a good time with these. You'll know how to run these. These you'll you'll be have a wonderful, horrific treat with these things. Um, but so we have one more question for you guys. And this is probably the most important thing that we have when we're dealing with interviews and titterbigs. And by the way, you are our first interview. So, so a little, little round of applause for that. I'll add some in, in, in the edit. It'll, it'll be, you know, <laughs> put it in post. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so here we go. So the most important question we have is which titterpig is your favorite? Oh, Keith, by far. Ian, without, without question. Ian, but, buddy, buddy, Ian. Also, <laughs> perfect. So, so what? What I'll what I'll add in there is it's just like Scott in a I robotic mean, voice. I love I love I love you, Scott. I love you, Scott. But Keith, Carnival of Madness wouldn't have been out for Halloween. If yeah, he 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 put he, he, so. he that 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 pig pulled our bacon out of the fire. So. He, so what uh, you're saying is, is he, not he, only do I need to, he had, need to edit he has it our out. love at the moment. At the moment. Yeah. I just, I just need to edit this but out. You and know. I need to hack the servers. And now we're not saying we can't be bought though. So if, 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 if you want to, you know, oh, uh, you after know, I hear the final us, version of this podcast, depending on, on, on how the editing works out, I mean, <laughs> I could be swayed. I could be swayed. Oh, <laughs> yes. So I'll do, I'll change the introduction says, yeah, here, here's, Here's Alex and and then we'll we'll have horns blaring and Ian. Um, I, I know how to get to you, uh, but uh, no. So that's that's fine. But you both suffer a horrible, horrible, tragic death for picking Keith. But uh, you know, say la vie. Um, so so with that, um, Keith, how about you? Uh, if you want to guide us on our way out of here, and then we'll right. we'll, we'll cut these two loose. Cool, cool. All right. Well, Alex, Ian, thanks for uh, being our first uh, guinea pigs on Titter Pigs for our, uh, our, our inaugural interview. We, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us uh, this evening. Yes. And uh, we wish you continued success on your product lines. Uh, I know we are all fans of them. So I hope listeners can come away uh, from this interview with an appreciation and a new interest in in your product lines for, for Call of Cthulhu and maybe even your alluded to sci-fi line, even though I don't like sci-fi. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, uh, again, thank you for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, listeners, check out the show notes uh, for any of the uh, links to their products over at drive-thru. And definitely... And Best Definitely way to get a hold of you guys, us. Twitter, Facebook. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Keith, but I just uh, want to throw uh, that out. Probably Facebook. We have, we, uh, Critical Hit Publishing has a, uh, a Facebook page. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I, if, I, if, you want, if you want to keep up on what we're doing, that's probably the best place to go. 
Um, but we also we're also fairly responsive on on Drive Through RPG. If you uh, you know if you if, yep. you if you have any questions about a product or you know comments or whatever, uh, you know and and just don't forget you can do it right in the uh, you know they give you a place Discussion to do that. Tab, yep. And I, I, oh, one thing I want to add real quick is if, if anyone if anyone buys anything. Um, it really does help if you leave, you know, a star rating and and a, and, and and even better is a uh, a, a small review. Uh, it, it helps to sort of get us, you know, more notice. Um, I always tell so. people, I say, if you like it, rate it, and if you hate it, write a review. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you've heard it here on Titter Pigs. <laughs> yeah. You like it, rate it. If you hate it, write a review. Wait, I'm a reviewer too. Wait a minute. <laughs> What does that say about me? I don't, I don't know. Um, but it works for the grindhouse aesthetic anyway to get an occasional skating review, you know? Hey, fair enough. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. So, again, thank you uh, on behalf of Scott and I. Thank you for your time. And we will we will game with you and chat with you guys again soon, I'm sure. Cool. Thank you. Take care, everybody. 